Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future, I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. tonight, in all of our cities and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
you know, just is keeping quiet about it and not pursuing strong enough with, with the narrative. So uh, definitely things I need to shine light on there. All right, I do want to introduce to the show, I believe he's with us. We have um, our buddy, and he's 90% sure he's running for Congress in Tennessee. We have Todd McKinley with us. Todd, how are you? Todd, are you with us? Give me a second. I believe we have Todd. Hold on a second. We're having some technical difficulties. I don't know what's going on with the – give me a second. Weird. That's weird. What the? Bear with me, guys. Bear with me. I don't know what's going on with the connection. This is odd. Give me one second, guys. It kind of froze. It froze up. Um... Not sure. Give me a second. Wow.
everybody. We are back on the Rory Sider Show. I just want to make sure everybody can hear me okay. Um, I want to introduce Todd McKinley. Are you with us? Yeah, I'm here, Rory. Got me? Yeah, how you long me, was Rory? it disconnected for? We were having issues for how long did you count? Uh, probably probably a few minutes there, I'm guessing. And I'm hearing a knocking sound. But, but if you can hear me, I can hear you fine. It's all good. Yeah, I don't hear a knocking sound. That's weird. Um, well, that's fine. So that's fine. It's on my quick, side. It's it no big deal. Did it just go silent? Yeah, it went silent for a while. I don't know what happened there. So no big deal. I mean, uh, hopefully everybody can still hear us out there. Yeah, yeah. It just it messes with the broadcast completely. It's really, really a, a shitty thing. But welcome to the show, man. I'm glad you're with us. Uh, I know you're. Are you are you still strongly considered running in uh, Tennessee oh. for Congress? Absolutely. Well, you you said I was ninety percent sure. I, I, I'm ninety nine percent sure. So you you dropped me down nine percent. But yeah, ninety nine percent sure. Uh, working on a few things right now. Like I said, you know, we have to untangle ourselves uh, from the uh, a few things that we've got going on. Uh, we're doing some fundraising right now. If people want to help us out, they can go for to the website toddforhouse.com. That's t o d d the number four h o u s c dot com. And, you know, uh, over the next couple of weeks, uh, we'll, we'll be making a, a, a move, a decision, and uh, we'll see where we're at uh, at that point. But, you know, wh- whatever, whatever we decide, we're going to continue to push forward and make sure our president gets reelected and, get, and continue to make sure good conservatives get uh, elected into Congress, uh, be it the House, the Senate, and what have you, uh, and, and make sure that we push this country in the right direction uh, versus where the Democrats want to continue to push us, so, which is definitely in the wrong direction. Uh, so whatever I decide to do in the next few weeks, uh, we're going to continue to fight regardless. I love it. Well, I'm glad to have you here, man. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. I'd also would like to welcome to the show. We have retired police chief, homicide detective, Michael Balti. Michael, how are you? Good, Roy. Thanks for having me tonight. I understand you're having a little technical difficulty here. There's a severe clicking noise in the background, and uh, Todd described it as a knocking noise. I'm getting kind of a clicking, like somebody's banging a pencil on a table or something. It's quite loud. So I just thought I'd let you know about that. Again, thanks for having me. Looking forward to the show. Hey, I'm back, guys. We have it disconnected for a second again. But, uh, Michael, you there? Yeah, I, I was explaining to you the noise I was hearing, and now it seems to have stopped. So everything appears okay, to be good. good. Yeah, Looking I forward tried. to the show. Perfect. Thanks yeah, I just had that me. noise. A- absolutely. Absolutely. Great to have you here. I just had the noise fixed, so that's a good thing. Um, all right, man. Big okay. show tonight. I'm glad you could join us. I'm sorry about the inconvenience, uh, but we have a lot to get into. Uh, I also would like to welcome to the show. I believe we have political consultant Corey Jones with us. Corey, how are you? Good, Rory. Happy New Year, man. Um, excited to be on. There's uh, man. It is. It's only been what a week and a half into the new year, but it feels like we've already gone to war. You know, it's like there's been so much that's happened the past couple of weeks. So thanks for having me on, man. Absolutely, thanks for being here. Um, glad you could join us. Yes, sir. Thank you. All righty, guys. Uh, like usual, I'm going to get into some of the small stuff, and then we're going to get into the big stuff. Uh, but you know, uh, anybody has any questions, any thoughts, as usual, uh, I will get to you on the podium. And uh, definitely uh, speak on it. Speak on it. There's uh, definitely a lot of uh, opinions that we'll be going into tonight's show. Everybody uh, will probably have a lot to say about these various uh, headlines. So, all right, um, here we go. You know, I want to I want to talk about 
this whole Jeffrey Epstein thing. And, you know, I've talked about it many times on my show. You know, quite frankly, I'm kind of mad that we keep wasting our, I mean, wasting our breath that, that we have to because we shouldn't even have to waste our breath with this. We shouldn't have governments lying to us. We shouldn't have all this corruption going on. We shouldn't have all these people behind closed doors getting away with stuff that normal people wouldn't get away with. People, he was killed. Let's face the fact. I mean, there's no going around it. You've had autopsies. You've had doctor experts who have looked at the bodies, who have had examined this entire situation over and over, and they say there's no way that this guy could have died. And guess what? Every single it's almost like months, I feel like. We're getting more and more revelations. We're getting more and more information about Jeffrey Epstein. And, you know, we're seeing all these different reports, you know, whether it was the guards falling asleep, the, them moving his inmate out of there uh, like 24 hours before he died when he's supposed to have a, um, a roommate. Uh, what else? Oh, uh, broken bones that usually only occur when somebody hangs themselves. I mean, there's no way. Uh, no, when somebody does, when somebody actually uses force, when when it's a homicide, I mean, there's no way this w- was a self uh, wounded or or self jo- you know job on him. There's there's no way, there's no way. It, it's just not possible. And now they're saying in a new report the video cameras are broken. The video cameras are broke were broken outside the cell. I mean, we already knew, you know, it, apparently early on that the report was oh the footage was missing. And now it, it's, it's complete, it's, it got erased. So what, what's the real story? I mean, they, they say all these different storylines and these headlines, but do you notice how every couple months or, you know, every month lately, it's been something new in terms of what, the, you know, what, what they found. And it's always because at first the cameras were broken. Then they, they couldn't find them. Now they're erased. I mean, what, what is it? Which is it? You know, and they have to have a fall guy. They have to have people to, you know, put the blame on. And uh, there, there is somebody that I believe one day, whether, you know, whether they acted alone. I mean, nobody acted alone in this. There's no way. This, this guy, Jeffrey Epstein, had dirt on all the big people, Prince Andrew, Bill Clinton, you know, you name it. And he used it as an insurance policy. He used it as a way if he ever needed to, uh, you know, blackmail somebody or do any of these things to, to get what he wants, then, then he would do so. Uh, he was, uh, you know, what an, what an interesting, very evil guy, but what an interesting character, really. And, and, and we're seeing all these different, um, you know, things in his, in his no- I mean, he kept notes. He kept a lot of detailed um, information. And just with the um, – the, the, the rating of his FBI, the FBI rating his island weeks and like a month, I think it was like a week after or days after he died. Why wouldn't you have rated it when he was in jail? I mean, all these, all these things, it, they, like to, they like to make it look like they're doing something and taking action, but it's really a cover-up. It's really just to, to you know, it, it's so fake. It's so fake. And, and there has to be somebody that knows something that, you know, I would hope, I would hope. And, and I'm not, you know, like I said earlier, I, I think maybe one day we'll know, but I, I'm not going to give my hopes up, but I would hope that there is somebody out there, some whistleblower that knows something because nobody acted alone on this. I'm sure there, Jesus, I mean, we need answers. Just like we need answers on the Las Vegas shooting. 
you know, it, it's, it's ridiculous. It really is. And don't forget, in this jail where Jeffrey Epstein was, there hadn't been anybody that died there in so many years. I mean, good God, good Lord, everybody. Um, you know, this is, this is and, and, you know, I, I want to, I'll talk more about Epstein, you know, as, as the, the weeks go on and the show goes on, and I'll keep updates. But, you know, it, it's just a lot of it right now is everything we already knew. Every, and and how, how do you explain this? How do you bring a body not covered up outside of a gym? I mean, how, how, every, every time a, a coroner or, or any sort of situation where you're, where you're dealing with a body, you don't show it to the entire world. It's covered up. Think about all these different examples of how it's so fishy. You know, and 9-11, too, is another thing where our government lied to us. You know, this is, it's, sick, it's sick stuff. It really is. Okay, um, here's something really amazing, and we really got to cherish this and honor it and really, um, you know, put this into, into amazing uh, perspective and shine light on this, on this amazing accomplishment. But President Trump and his administration just saw cancer reach an, oh, like, level – record lows like unbelievable numbers um and this all goes into the money and research and the the stuff he's done for doctors and hospitals this is um this is unreal and he promised us that he was going to you know advance medicine he was going to advance the medicine he was going to evolve our healthcare industry he was going to make it so we were getting the proper care and not getting taken advantage of because for so long you know pharmaceuticals uh, the medical field, they have treated us like second-class citizens. I mean, whether it's the ridiculous premiums, the, the ridiculous, you know, it just goes on and on what, the, what these insurance companies get away with. And, you know, it's, 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 um, it prevents people from living a lot of times. And, you know, that's unfortunate. But, you know, since the healthcare system is getting so much better, all these people that have cancer are able to have, you know, really quality access like they haven't had before. And uh, this is really setting the standard, and other countries should take note uh, of what we're doing because I, I really think this is such a positive and pivotal moment for humanity and really something that uh, y- y- we've never seen. I mean, what, what other president has had this kind of a, a success with, with the healthcare field and with saving this many lives? I mean, it's, it's beautiful. It really is. Okay, um, let's see here. Uh, this, is, this is quite something. This is quite something. Everybody has to hear this one. So Pew Research came out, great, great polling company, Pew Research. They're pretty good. Um, Nigeria is among the world's most pro-Trump countries. And people, you know, like Cardi B, and I don't even like bringing these people up because she is a smelly animal slob. You know, people like that, singers in Hollywood that can't even form complete sentences, talk nothing but Ebonics bullshit, you know, don't, don't know how to, don't know how to, Anything proper in the vocabulary, but street talk. I mean, how, how can people idolize these monsters, these, these slobs? You know, it, it, it baffles me. You have these kids who dance to the, these people's music, who, you know, get – these people are supposed to be role models. But what they're teaching these, these young – our young culture is how to pimp, talking about hoes, talking about money, talking about bitches talking about drugs. I mean, everything that we try to teach our society and culture and kids, how, how we teach them to be respectful, 
what the stuff we teach, teach them not to do is what these singers and what these Hollywood slobs are promoting. You know, these people think that everything they say matters. They think their opinions are so important. They think their shit don't stink. They think that the world, you know, is so infatuated and fascinated by them. It's just not true. It's just not true. And people like Cardi B, you know, I, I wanted to bring this up because other, other idiots in Hollywood have talked about this. But she's talking about running politics, running for politics, and, you know, moving to Nigeria. And people like that don't even do their research before. Like, Nigeria is one of the most popular Trump-supporting countries. And this is what Democrats in Hollywood, this is what their mindset is. Oh, Nigeria's really black, so it must be Democrat. That's their mindset. That's how they think. That's how they operate. And for Cardi B to say, I'm leaving America for Nigeria because of Trump, well, you're going to a place that probably has just as many Trump supporters. I mean, do your damn research. And you want to get into politics? I mean, you can't even form a complete sentence. You talk about, you know, your days as a stripper. You talk about your days as a, a hooker, robbing men, drugging men. I mean, are you serious? Seriously. I mean, these, these, are, these are pigs. These are pigs, man. And, and, and you know what? This is, this is what our, our culture has turned into. These people with no freaking talent, just so they can shake their damn ass and, you know, spit whatever bullshit lyrics. They can make millions of dollars, and everybody else, you know, is, is supposed to listen to them and bow down. No, no, no. Get the hell out of here. You know, if you weren't in show business, party, you'd be in freaking prison. I mean, you, you, are, you are the definition. And you're, you're, you're just a, a small problem. You're the tip of the iceberg. I mean, every one of you in Hollywood uh, acts like this. It, it's not the Republicans, but the liberals. This is their mindset. This is their ideology. And what's even nastier and even more disgusting is you have people like Gwyneth Paltrow who try to always preach, empower women, empower women, let's bring up women. Women are the enemy, feminism, feminism. You have people like that who want to try to be examples and set examples and, and, and try to be you know, this, this person that can influence the world. But you're releasing smelly vagina cream that smell. You want people to smell you. This is how conceited and how ignorant you are. Your company released a product that says, this smells like my vagina, Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow is releasing products that smell, supposedly smells like her vagina. What is, I mean, what, tuna? Tuna and cheese? Gwyneth, you're a, you're a, you're a woman who likes to tell men what to do. You, you want to play the alpha male. You think you're superior. And you're like, the, you're like the epitome of a feminist in Hollywood. I mean, you talked bad about Trump several times. Uh, you, you were a, a part of this whole Me Too movement. And, I mean, this is what it's coming to. This is how radicalized the feminists are. They want people to smell their odor now. They want people to think about that. This is where we've come in, in 2020. You have Hollywood movie stars thinking that people care about their vagina smell, and, they, and then they start selling it. I mean, she has children. She has, you know, I, I, I don't even know how you could res, disrespect yourself in that kind of manner. I mean, everybody's laughing about it. I mean, I, I, I'm seeing so many jokes, so many memes. It's the talk of the Internet. It's the talk of the Internet. And I'm rolling over because all these people keep releasing new material on, on this, this whole uh, headline with Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, my God. <laughs> we, 
we are living in a time where, oh, my God, the Internet, the social media has a, such a strong force. And it really, you're having a bad day, and you go read some of this stuff, I'll tell you, you, you won't regret it. You will uh, crack up. Oh, my God. But seriously, I mean, and this is just one of many examples. I mean, there's a lot of feminists in Hollywood pushing really bad things, abortion at nine months. You know, uh, women aren't equally paid, you know, but they don't want to talk about anything about qualifications. They think every single person should be able to make what, you know, everybody else makes. Well, if that's the case, why don't you give some over some of your money? Why don't you pay us some of your dough? Why don't you? Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, if you really want equality, you know, stop with the saying, do as I say, not as I do. That's how you're living. That's how you're portraying yourself. It's sad. It's pathetic. It needs to stop. The entitlement is to a whole other level in this country, and, uh, you know, we have the left to thank for that one. Okay, um, this is huge, and everybody has to jump up and down about this. The Dow has reached 20, 29,000 last week for the first time ever. Do you realize what that means? Do you realize how many businesses are striving and, you know, growing bigger than ever? Like, I mean, this is a time – where everybody's succeeding. When the stock market is hot, everybody is doing well. Because what that does is that puts so much more money in consumers' pockets. And that allows all these businesses to hire more people. And you've got the left always saying, oh, big banks, large money. That's the enemy in America. That's the problem. No, no, no. Billionaires are not the enemy. They are not the problem. If it weren't for billionaires, we wouldn't have a powerful economy. They are what stimulates the economy. They are what creates thousands of jobs. They are the people that, you know, and, and you know, here's what makes me mad is they worked hard. They lived the American dream by, you know, I, and I love, I love capitalism. I love it. But what makes me mad is when the Democrats try to say, Oh, well, he has to hire these many employees. He has to pay him this amount. No, he runs the company. He, he earned it. You didn't. He can run it the way he wants. That's the beauty about America. That's the beauty about capitalism. Stop trying to control other people's finances. It's never going to work. And if one of these whack jobs like Elizabeth Warren actually gets in there and tries this whole you know, billionaire tax plan, uh, they'll just leave, and they'll just create more offshore accounts. It's not that hard. It's very simple of what's going to happen. It's very simple. Um, okay, this is big, and I love this. Uh, CNN officially settled uh, the lawsuit with Nick Sandman along with – they settled that, and I don't know the exact amount. Uh, I believe the last time I read it was undisclosed, but uh, they also just got sued and lost the lawsuit where they have to pay out $70 million, and that's just some big organization. I mean, they're getting sued left and right, and they're having – I mean, that's, that's – going to hurt them badly, and it already is, and it just causes them to do more layoffs. It causes them to keep diminishing at their network. Their ratings are down 40 to 50 percent. I mean, they're in a lot of trouble, and I love Nick Sandman. I'm so glad he got justice. You know what they did to that poor kid? They framed him. It's terrible how, how you can portray somebody as this enemy with, with your fake narrative just so you can push an agenda. I mean, come on, people. Use your freaking head. Um, okay, let's see here. Uh, let's see. Okay, this is, this is interesting, and I, and I don't want to get too much into this, but we will as time goes on because there will be more and more reports. Uh, but there was a report out last week that they found more uh, than – they found more uh, Hillary emails. They, did, they just found 37 
and it shows that she was extremely careless. I mean, it's just more and more evidence, more and more, you know, legitimate cause, more and more sufficient stuff that could prosecute her, but she just avoids it. She avoids it. It's ridiculous what these people on the left can get away with, especially people like her. She's ridiculous. I mean, the fact that she has the nerve to talk and tries to give us lectures when she's the most corrupt woman in America, I mean, come on. You know, and I don't know. We don't know a lot yet, but in terms of the, the new revelations, but there's going to be more and more stuff that comes out, and I think we're going to be – I think we'll be surprised. Um, here's something really interesting. Uh, the Wall Street Journal, and you, people know, the Wall Street Journal, I would say eh, it's probably 50-50 with party. I mean, it probably leans more left, though, I would say. But they – actually, I think that's fair. It actually does lean more left. I would probably say – if I had to give a, a stat on it, like a, a percentage, I would say 60-40. I would say it's or maybe 70-30, uh, you know, uh, favoring the left. But anyways, they admitted that the U.S. economy sailed through the trade war with barely a scratch. They didn't have one scratch uh, with, this, with this, this entire situation with, with China. I mean, the U.S. has made so much money off China. They have made China's economy the worst in so many years. They have made all these money on tariffs. Uh, we have the strongest market in the whole world. I mean, what, what else could we want? Highest stock market, lowest black unemployment, lowest Asian unemployment, lowest female unemployment, lowest Mexican unemployment, you know, pe- more jobs than there are people. China's laying millions of people off. China is begging us to come to the table. They are begging us, and we already got a deal. Every, I, I just announced that uh, a couple weeks ago on the show. Uh, we got a, fir- a first round of the deal, but they're, they're going to be begging us to come back for the other rounds. I mean, they're, they're going to keep begging us because if they keep trying to play and they try to wing it, they try to keep just run, running down the clock and just try to, you know, wait for us, it's not going to fly. We're on offense. We're sitting there. We're, we're the people that are in charge. I mean, Trump has them where he wants them. He's playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. But think, really fathom that. Really take that in. We're beating China. We're be- like China, like Trump would say, China, China. We're beating China. For the first, no leader has ever, ever came close to this. To this, I mean, this is we're we're coming to a point where I believe the USA could be the next big place for manufacturing, and China won't be able to compete with us. I really believe that. I really believe that's what it's coming to, and I, I, and their currency is so. I mean, what they're going – I mean, it's bad, guys. It's really bad. And all them people, all them doubters that said, Trump, you'll never beat China, eat shit. All you doubters, eat shit. You know what? He proved you wrong once again, and you got to love it. you got to love it. Okay, this is, this is something that I think is a sensitive topic to some people. I think some people will agree with me on the liberty side um, because I'm not really a fan of banning anything. I – I would like to just kind of open up, you know, get rid of a lot of mass incarceration. I would like to get a lot of people out of jail that did minor crimes. I think there's too many people in jail for minor stuff, marijuana, you know, uh, prostitution. I mean, there's minor things. You know, uh, what else? What else? I'll give you some other examples. Um, let's see here. I mean, just, just like basic. I mean, think about it. If we, if we eliminated, you know, I would say – very, you know, good. I would, I would, I don't know what percentage to put on it, but there are, so, there's so much money made 
with people going to jail. And whether it's for, you know, obviously that the big stuff needs to happen. They need to be in jail for the major stuff. But so many petty, petty crimes. And it just, it really, in my strong opinion, it messes with people's freedom. I, I really strongly believe that when you try to put a ban or, or try to put uh, any sort of control over, you know, I'm not going to say anything, but, you know, there's a lot of things that the government has control over right now and they have laws on that they probably shouldn't. And what I'm about to say, you know, not all my listeners are going to agree, and that's fine. But, you know, this is something coming out of Vermont, but lawmakers over there are proposing to legalize prostitution. And here, here's, here's how I look at this. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I grew up Catholic. I'm a Christian. You know, I, I, I don't really condone the lifestyle of prostitutes. But who am I to tell somebody what to do with their body? Who am I? And this, I'm not going. I'm not talking about abortion. I, I'm pro-life all the way. That's that's different. That, I'm not talking about do, you know having to do with something somebody's body in that in that sense in that regard. But with prostitution, if somebody wants to pay taxes and go out and and you know whore themselves around, you know, who, who am I? Who is everybody else to tell them they can't do that? I mean, I get it's immoral. I get it's wrong. I get it's unethical. I get that, you know, it's, it's not, it's not, uh, it's definitely not something we, we want to raise our kids to do. But, and the same kind of thing with minor drugs. I, I mean, if people want to go out and do it, and, and, you know, I don't, I don't do drugs. I mean, you know, I, I I mean, light stuff like marijuana, and I drink, but I don't do any, any hardcore drugs or anything. But if somebody wants to go out and, and do all that stuff, then I, who are we to stop them? And, and think about what that would do with, you know, kind of getting rid of a lot of the petty crimes and the mass incarcerations and saving a lot. Of, I mean, we would save taxpayers a ton of money in certain ways. What, why, why not tax, you know, various things that are – against the law right now. Why not make some money? I'm not talking about the major, the major bad stuff. I'm talking about some of the small stuff that, you know, and, and with prostitution, I, look at Vegas, look at all these places across the country where it is legal and where it makes all this money for counties, for cities. I mean, think about it. Um, and, you know, Amsterdam's another place that it makes so much money, so much money. I, I just, it's one of those things and I'm very conservative. I'm very conservative. Certain things like this, I, I just I think when you try to ban, like I said, I think it takes people's liberty, takes people's freedom. I think if somebody wants to have a reckless lifestyle and they're not hurting anybody, then I mean, what really? I mean, my my sense on that is, what's the problem? You know, I, I think a lot of people are probably going to have thoughts on this, and I think I think it opens up a good discussion. Uh, a lot of guests on tonight, guys. Uh, I'm just going to get through these last few small headlines, and then I'm I'm going to be introducing. Um, but here, here's something. Here's something really interesting, is that, and this is this is going on right now. And I called this a long time ago, and I said it would not work. Uh, the Meghan Markle thing with Prince Harry. I knew this woman was bad news. I knew this woman was going to cause problems. I knew this woman was going into that royal family as a publicity stunt, and, and for for that, she wanted that treatment. She wanted to know what that feeling was like. It's it, she's using Harry. She's a mooch. She's an opportunist. She's a feminist. She's a smelly ant. I don't like her. I don't like her. She's rude. She doesn't have any manners. She's, and she tries to blame men. She tries to do the whole women, women, respect women. Women are the future. Men are, 
men are pigs. I mean, that, that's, she, she has said some things before that are like, whoa. And you know why she gets away with it? Because she's black and she's a liberal. It's the double standard on the left. They can say stuff. We can't say anything. Otherwise, we're going to get crucified. How is that fair? How is that fair? And you know what? I feel, and I, I, I agree with Trump. I feel bad for the queen. I feel bad that the queen at her age, and, and Trump said she's a nice lady. I'm sure she is. I mean, we all know that any sort of royalty, anybody high up in a lot of situations has their, has their scandals, has their corruption. But, you know, deep down, overall, she, she seems like a, a classy, nice lady. Um, but Trump, uh, you know, really touched on it. And, sorry about that, guys. But really touched on it perfectly and said, you know, this is, this is totally uh, bad for, for the family, uh, bad for the queen. Uh, you know, and this is this is something that we knew. I mean, anybody with a brain, anybody who wanted to look past all the bullshit and this whole fair, you know, they wanted to call it a fairy tale wedding with Meghan Markle and Harry. I mean, come on. Well, I, I gave it about a year or two, and look, I was right. I mean, this this is not going to this not going to end well. Do you really think they're going to allow Harry to leave England? No, they're not going to let him leave England. They're not going to let him get. I, I just don't see it. And she wants to go to L.A. and you know, and and it's just like. Why? Oh, my God. It, it's bad, bad news, everybody. I don't want to talk about this too much. I don't like this pop culture. I don't like, you know, focus, you know, paying attention and giving these people air, but it's whatever. It's going on right now. It's talked about. I just thought I'd bring it up. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Oh, God. Let's see. All right. I think I got everything. All right. Here's something. I, I want to, The main headline here, the main thing tonight is Iran. Uh, we're seeing how the left, the mainstream media, is trying to humanize. They're trying to coddle and, and try to give praise to terrorists. The mainstream media, CNN, MSNBC, I've never seen anything like it. Just so they can push their agenda. Just so they can speak to their wimpy sheep. Just so they can, you know, do what America it, you know, they, they want to they take us back. They want to make sure that they destroy every good thing we're doing. And, you know, if Trump does something good, they want to make it – they want to minimize it. They want to make it look as least good as possible. And here's the problem is that you have so many people brainwashed that watch TV and watch these channels because they don't know any better. It's what they're taught. A lot of people have woken up. I've talked about this on my show. But there's a lot of people that are stuck in their own way. They're oblivious to reality. They're jaded. They don't know any better than to freaking turn on NBC and be like, oh, oh, that's really what's going on. I mean, come on. And you got all this fake news going across websites on Facebook, and people just think because of headlines there that it's automatically true. I mean, do your research, people. I'm sick of the stupidity. I mean, we have people that are naive and gullible on both sides of the party, both sides, really. Um, and look at the Iran protesters. If this is not any indication at all, Iran's cheering for the U.S. They had an option the other day to stomp on our flag, and they didn't. They actually took care of it and, and held it. And, you know, their, their demeanor, and Trump announced this on, on Twitter, their demeanor and their mentality is changing. It, you know, ever since we got rid of that evil monster, these people want freedom. They want what the USA has, and they want Trump to protect them, and Trump even said, we're watching very close. Iran, stop torturing your people. We're not going to have it. Um, and you've got to love that. I mean, I, I don't want to be the world police, 
and I've said that many times, but I also don't want a bunch of bullies trying to dictate or tell us how we're going to do things. Because you know what? Barack Hussein Osama is not the president anymore. There's a new sheriff in town, Donald J. Trump. And if you mess with him, he'll shit down your goddamn neck. Excuse my French, but it's true. It's true. This guy is invincible. This guy has giant brass balls. This guy never backs down from anything. Remember when Obama came into office? What's the biggest threat? Obama said, oh, Kim Jong-un in North Korea. Within a year or two, Trump and Kim Jong-un are sitting down on live TV, shaking each other's hands, like laughing. I see that being a similar situation with Iran. Iran knows they have no choice. And we saw the other day how they have announced they are standing down. And the only option is to talk. Here you go, guys. You have a leader that's, that's you know, utilizing the art of the deal. Art of the deal, baby. You've got Donald J. Trump running the show and doing these amazing things that we have never seen before. You know, and um, it's, it's, it's crazy. It really is something I've never seen before. Um, I want to – let's go to Todd McKinley. Uh, go ahead, buddy. Todd, are you there? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Go ahead. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, you know, I've got to say, you know, look at the Democrats. I mean, they're just completely off their rockers. I mean, every day they keep throwing out these things that, uh, that you know, say, for example, Adam Schiff just a little bit, little bit ago said that you know the president's in court right now trying to fight uh, Obamacare and is it against pre-existing conditions? But but all along the president's been talking about pre-existing conditions, protecting pre-existing conditions, but getting rid of the individual mandate and all the other regulations that that Obamacare put in place that that are just absolutely horrible. Yet again, they continue to go back to these false narratives and, and, and absolutely made up. Uh, you know, lies that they continue to peddle uh, to basically snow the American people, uh, the low low information voters, and of course their their base uh, just to rile them up. I mean, just completely uh, ridiculous. Uh, you know, let's look let's look at also. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to say that uh, you know Spartacus or, or Exodus or whatever we're going to call him, he's out of the race. Uh, but he tried to petition the Democrat Party to change their rules, rules that they had put in place well before the primary and the caucus season began. Just so that he could be on the debate stage uh, this next this next week, uh, you know the rules are the rules. You can't what you can't all of a sudden, uh, look, you know, once you're losing, decide you want to change the rules. I mean, let's look tonight. You know, we have the college national football championship game, Clemson and, and LSU. You know, let's take this down to ten seconds left, and it's a, a three point game. Uh, you know, say Clemson's up by three, LSU's down by three. Uh, LSU can't say, hey, we're going to go ahead and change the rules real quick, so that way we can have a better chance to win this game. Uh, but that's what these guys are trying to do, you know, just change change the rules, uh, you know, midstream, if you will, mid-game. Um, you, 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 you lost fair and square. You're out of the race. Uh, move on. Uh, but now they're trying to throw this the race card up there to, to try to say, oh, well, now it's just going to be a bunch of old white people in the race. Well, you know, at the end of the day, if this is what the Democrat voters want, then by all means, you know, they, 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 they've chosen. Uh, it has nothing to do with racism, I don't think. It has, it has to do with, with, with somebody who they think they can beat, they can beat Donald Trump. Uh, at the end of the day, they're going to probably choose somebody like Joe Biden or, or, or uh, Crazy Uncle Bernie, and, and they're going to see how, how bad that they're actually going to get beat. Uh, you know, none of them are going to beat uh, President Trump. It's just not going to happen. I mean, look, tonight President Trump went to the, the championship game, and he got a, a standing ovation. I mean, I, I don't think I heard any boos. Uh, and then, of course, I just saw uh, – I think it was uh, 
one of the Washington newspapers, one of the fake news newspapers, uh, uh, Washington Times, I believe it was, uh, that posted something on their Facebook page. Would you have cheered? I'm like, like, what does this have to do with anything? Everybody cheered. Let's move on from it. They're trying to create some sort of, uh, you know, some sort of controversy uh, because they can't give it to the man uh, that, that people actually like him. That he's going to get reelected, and he's actually doing things for this country that's great for us. Uh, whether you voted for him or not, whether you're a Republican or Democrat, he's doing the right things for this country. You may not necessarily like the way he says certain things. You may not like him tweeting at three or four o'clock in the morning. It doesn't matter. He's getting things done. And let's look at the people over in, in Iran right now, since you brought up Iran a minute ago. Uh, what's happening right now? The people are taking to the streets. Uh, the people are tired of, of being oppressed. People are tired of having you know, their, their government's uh, foot on their throat. Uh, and and, and it's, it's high time that we have a president, which President Trump is. He says he's standing with those folks over there. What did, what did Obama do whenever these folks rose up? They thought, they thought, well, Obama will have her back. No, he let them get hurt and get, the, and get killed. He could have easily said, hey, I'm on your side. We're watching you. The world's watching you. President Trump said that. Obama, he didn't do that. And then, of course, the, the Iranian regime during the Obama time frame uh, shut down the protest. I mean, look what could have happened in all, all, all those years uh, you know, if they had ousted the, the regime. I mean they could have had, had a free society over there. They could have already had, 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 had elections. You know, they could have already joined the Western world or at least joined the free societies of the world uh, instead of continuing to be a state sponsor of terrorism and continue to be a problem in, in that part of the world. You know, and I like that the students decided, hey, we're not going to walk on the American flag. We're not going to burn it. We're not going to walk on the Israeli flag. We're not going to burn it. Uh, enough, enough of this. Uh, you know, and, of course, you had these, this Chris Matthews the other day. Talking about you know the people are out in the street mourning Soleimani uh, because they want to because they think he's a great man. Uh, the people were not out in the streets uh, mourning Soleimani because they wanted to. They were forced to. They were forced to go out in the streets. Uh, and he, and the left can't can't give it to to President Trump that he did the right thing by killing this man. Instead, you know uh, they they have to try to call it President Trump as if he's the one doing the wrong thing, as if he's instigating the problems over there. Uh, President Trump inherited the problems. North Korea. Iran, wherever, he's trying to solve the problems. He's trying to do the right thing. Instead of sitting here trying to win an election in 2020, why don't they say, hey, let's get to the table. Let's figure out a way to solve these problems that the world, that the world faces, that America faces. That way a future president doesn't have to face, these, face down these problems anymore, be they a Republican president or Democrat president in the future. You know, these people have an opportunity to come together and actually be Americans first, first and foremost. And, and, and at the same time, uh, you know, uh, have a dialogue with this president, have a dialogue with Republicans, and, and at the end of the day, you could figure out, hey, where do we agree? What are some things that we can actually come together, accomplish together, and, 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 and get our constituents uh, the, the, the help and the care and, uh, that they need? Uh, and, uh, in, instead of playing these games where nothing's going to get passed in Congress, be, be it the House or the Senate, nothing's going to get to the president's desk to be signed. Because there's just so much gridlock, there's just so so much infighting, and it, there's just so much gamesmanship as usual, you know. And, and I'll, I'll kind of close it with this, you know. In 2018, we had a lot of good uh, veterans of my generation running for Congress, and in 2020, we're probably going to have a lot more. Uh, we we cannot vote for, we cannot elect the same old type of people, you know. And I, and I know in my home district of Tennessee, there's there's a, some of the the old guard that are looking to run. You know, uh, the folks there, I mean, we, we have to wake up. We cannot vote for the same old people. We have to move on from that. If we want to, uh, you know, basically get our fiscal house in order, 
if we want to get out of these endless wars, if we want to put America first, and if we want to put our constituents first, be it at the state level or, or in, our, in our hometowns, in our districts, in our home counties, uh, we, we have to basically stop doing the same things. We, we cannot send the same types of people to Washington, D.C. If not, we're going to get the same results. Uh, you know, by, by doing the same thing over and over, I think it's a definition of insanity. Uh, you know, do the same thing over and over, and you expect a different result. Uh, you know, so at the end of the day, uh, whatever I decide to do over the next few weeks, uh, you know, uh, I, I do so because I want to put America first. I want to put people in Northeast Tennessee first, uh, just like you want to put the people in, in Arizona first. And anybody that's on the, on this uh, uh, on your show tonight, want to put the people in their home area, uh, their home districts first. Uh, you want to put your family first, uh, but that doesn't mean that that I'm out to get you just because I want to put my family first. You know, that means I just want to look out for their well-being. Uh, you know, and, and work work with you to make sure that you can have uh, do the best thing, uh, do the right thing by your family. Anyway, I'm I'm going on and very passionate about this, but you're watching a little bit of news today. It, it, it's very upsetting of, of how how disingenuous the Democrats are. Uh, one more point. Today marks uh, I think the 26th day. That Nancy Pelosi has had the articles of impeachment. Instead of walking them over to the Senate side, she's held on to them. So essentially, a month has gone by. But if you remember, before they even opened up the uh, the inquiry, she said it's an imperative, it's a national security imperative that we impeach this man. And now it's been a month later, and she's done nothing with it. So it's disingenuous. It's it's, it's another lie. And if anybody that's an honest person that has an honest bone in their body, uh, regardless of where you you are politically, regardless of where you are. Uh, with regards to liking the president, if you have an honest bone in your body, you have to realize and, and just say, hey, this is a sham. This is nonsense. This is ridiculous. Let's move on from this. Exactly. And, and like I've always said, Todd, there's no sufficient evidence. There's no legitimate cause. The only reason they're trying to impeach him is because they simply can't beat him, and it's driving them absolutely crazy. He's diminishing all their special interests. He's exposing the swamp. He's delivering for the American people, something that they haven't done in a long time, and uh, they, it, they, they've never seen anything like it. I mean, they, they, we have for the first time in a long time, we have a leader who I just – I can't believe his, his – you know, actually I can, but it's just – it's so unbelievable to watch. I mean, this guy is something straight out of the Bible. He's a miracle worker, and like I've said many times on the show, he's delivered on 80%. Again, he's delivered on 80, 80% of his promises within three years. Most presidents after eight years don't even fulfill on 10% of their promises. I mean, this guy, it's special, man. And now Pelosi's playing games, doesn't know if she wants to send the articles of impeachment over. I mean, she's proving that it's a partisan witch hunt. She even admitted a couple weeks ago, oh, we've been trying to impeach the president for years. It's going nowhere. It's a joke. It's a clown show. And this is only going to backfire on them in 2020. We've seen how popular Bill Clinton became after this scandal and how Democrats won back the House. I see it's going to be very similar, don't you? Oh, I absolutely do. And if you look at Bill Clinton, for example, uh, Bill Clinton in in his articles of impeachment was actually accused of many different crimes. He actually committed crimes, and those were were in the articles of impeachment. Uh, had Nixon had articles yeah, people, of impeachment prepared? People get it wrong when they say he got impeached for a blowjob. No, that's not. That's not no. why he got impeached. He got impeached no. for lying. He got impeached for – there were other things too. Right, absolutely. And, and had let's say Nixon they, – they, let's say they would have prepared articles of impeachment for Nixon. Nixon would have been basically tried or impeached rather 
for uh, many felonies, for things that were actually illegal. Uh, Andrew Johnson, uh, as an example, a lot of stuff that he was uh, you know, impeached for was, was, was political, but I think there was a, a number of crimes that were also uh, – or, or things that he actually did in those days that were illegal as well. Uh, of course, that, that was a long time ago, so I, mean, I, I don't want to compare that to something that's going on today. But we can at least look at Nixon the moder- and a modern-era president and Clinton and say, hey, these guys actually did something that's illegal, regardless if they did th- good things while they were president. And I think both men actually did good things when they were president, but they both did a lot of things that were illegal and should have been impeached for them. And, and, and actually uh, Clinton was impeached, although they, they didn't vote to convict him in the Senate. Uh, but President Trump, two articles of impeachment. That nothing is illegal in those articles, which is it's it's completely ridiculous. But and they say, well, he he he's this, he's this, he's this, whatever it is, he's racist, xenophobic, homophobic, whatever. Well, if those things are illegal, put them in an article of impeachment and, and have a vote on it. Uh, instead, those things are, that you say that he is is your opinion because that's the only thing that you can fall back on. You can play the identity politics. That's all you have as a weapon. Uh, because you cannot talk, you cannot attack him on anything else. You cannot debate him on anything else. I mean, the man's lived up to the promises that he ran on for the most part. Uh, you know, especially even being up against uh, the House as it is. And you look at the economy. I mean, look how strong it is—the strongest that it's ever been in the history. I mean, the markets continue to hit record, record after record, uh, despite uh, what the Democrats are trying to do. You know, if the Democrats really are for America. And putting uh, you know American citizens first, uh, you know th- they would come out and say, "Hey, president's done a great job in, in these areas. Here's how I'm going to do a better job." Instead, they say, "We need to change. We need to shift. We need to go back. We don't need to go back. We need to continue to go forward." And, and, and these guys want to call themselves progressives or whatever. Uh, the, the meaning of progress is to continue to go forward in a positive manner, essentially. Why would we want to go back in, in a negative way? Uh, so if you're going to call yourself a progressive, let's let's make progress uh, like President Trump is trying to do and, and is doing. Yeah, no, 100 percent. Very well said. Absolutely. Uh, thank you so much, Todd. Yes, sir. Uh, let's go to retired police chief and homicide detective Michael Valsi. Michael, your thoughts on everything, buddy? You know, I'm going to start with CNN, uh, Roy. Uh, you mentioned about the Sandman thing. I was glad to see that as well, and they don't seem to want to disclose the amount of the settlement. Uh, but the $76 million they paid out to the National Labor Relations, uh, they lost that loss, and that's, that's huge as well. You know what they paid Sandman is probably significantly more than that. Uh, I, I saw this, um, it was kind of interesting, you know, 75% of the uh, mainstream media news coverage has been on impeachment. 93% of that coverage has been negative. And yet President Trump's numbers are soaring. And you go to this impeachment thing, this whole thing is about the narrative. They know they're not going to impeach Trump. They know they're not going to remove him from office. You know, Nancy Pelosi said now she's thinking about sending over one of these two articles of impeachment. They're losing this battle. You know, impeachment, the way it's set up in our Constitution is much like the way a a grand jury would be set up in a a, uh, criminal prosecution in the United States. You know, the grand jury, which would be the House of Representatives, hears the evidence. They call in witness. they They hear the testimony. They present a case to then the Senate or in the case of, a, of a, a grand jury, they would present a case to a judge or a jury, right? So for them to go want the Senate 
to call witnesses and and actually prosecute their case as well as trying their case is is totally unheard of. And I'm glad to see Mitch McConnell stand up, you know, standing up, and he and he basically said Nancy Pelosi is not going to dictate how we how we run this trial in the in the Senate. Uh, and and I don't think they should call any witnesses. I know the president had kicked that around a little bit. I really don't think he wants this thing to linger on. Because what the House is going to do, they're going to go right back and file more motions or more uh, articles of impeachment. If this is going to be a continuous thing, I don't think it's going to stop. Uh, with regards to the Dow, Roy, you know, the economy was doing pretty good as soon as Trump was elected. The fear with the economy was that there wasn't anything propping it up. And I think, you know, based on what that Wall Street Journal article, you know, what it was kind of getting to is that, you know, with the, with the tariffs and uh, the trade war, there's been a lot of money, billions of dollars coming into the United States. And, and the economy needed that. It needed that to, to boost it, to give it a foundation. So now the stock market in 29000 there's something below it now. And in the meantime, it allowed for manufacturing to come back, for jobs to be created, or a stabilization, so to speak, of the actual economy. So I think it's a good thing, and it's a positive. And I, I don't look for it to stop anytime soon. Uh, the, uh, as far as the cancer rate, if you look, from the time the president was elected, the cancer rate's been on a steady decline. And I, I attribute that largely in part to the president's right to try. Uh, I've read numerous articles where people have, you know, praise the president for saving his life because of the right to try these different drugs. When you look at the ties with the pharmaceutical industry and deep state to Clintons, they've hit a lot of these drugs from ever hitting the market. And some of them are going to start to come out slow but sure. And, you know, you keep hearing the, the term around the Democrats wouldn't like Trump if he cured cancer. Well, cancer is going to be cured. It's coming. And it's just a matter of time now, I think. I think the cure is out there. Um, as far as the Epstein thing, we've talked about this on a number of occasions. If the body we're looking at is Epstein, you know, if that be the case, then it was murdered. It looks to me like they're trying to make the people believe he was murdered. There's not any question. There's a murder and a cover-up there. The evidence is there. I mean, even a person, a lay person can understand that. That, first of all, as tall as he was, I mean, he wasn't going to hang himself with those bed sheets and create that kind of damage to his neck without any blood being on the sheets. I've seen numerous hangings in my life, and, and, and in the event of a hanging, Whatever is used as a ligature has always got some sort of blood or some DNA on it. Uh, and the other thing is, is that there's still a possibility that he's in the witness protection program. And if he's not, he sure as heck gave information before his death. You can take that to the bank. And, you know, then he has the sidekick, Josine Maxwell, um, She's being protected by former uh, military special operations people. Uh, and I mentioned before on your show that I thought she's provided information. I'm going to hold true to that. I think she's providing information to the government. So I don't think we've heard the last of any of that. When it comes to Iran, um, 
You know, there's a couple of interesting points. There were 63 Canadians on this flight, right? None of them have Canadian names. <laughs> so they're Canadians with dual citizenship in Iran, right? The, and something you didn't see in the mainstream media, did you know there were three other flights that took off from that airport after the bombings, I mean, after they they were bombing our, our, our base, right? And before this plane that got shot down took off. Now, why weren't those other three planes affected? They were all basically on the same flight path. This plane was intentionally shot down. There's a lot of theories as to why. But based on some of the protests and some of the things we're seeing, some of the military people that have been arrested in Iran, uh, you know, that was that was on the news there for a while. It looks to me like there's a possibility people were trying to get out of Iran. They didn't want them to leave, and they shot this plane down. There's some there's some articles I've read that really let the, lead me to believe that. I think we're going to learn more about it. What I'm glad to see is this protest by the young people, because I think that helps the older people to jump on board, just being started. It started with the rise of gas prices, if you remember. We're going to raise fuel costs on the Iranian people, and the Iranian people were highly upset. So they already aggravated about that. When the Iranian government came out and condemned the death of Soleimani, you know, and basically like uh, we were talking about earlier, the and forced the people to go out, you know, and the mourners to show up. They were bribing them, and if they didn't show up, they were killing them. Uh, they were they were thrilled to death at the death of Soleimani. So I think the rise in the, in the fuel cost, the death of Soleimani, emboldened these college students, and I think we're headed for a regime change in Iran, and I don't think we're going to have to put a boot on the ground to do it. And I think that's a good thing, and President Trump deserves all the credit in the world. People can condemn him for his tweets, but that's the only way he has the ability to get his message out. And people tune in. He put that tweet out in, in Persian, right, or in Farsi, I guess, and, uh, and it was the most retweeted tweet in that country's history. So, I mean, he has a way of getting his message out, and I'm one that doesn't want to see him quit, uh, stop tweeting. I can tell you that right now. Uh, so I think there's some things that are, going to, that are going to come out. There's things that are going to surface on this Iranian thing. I just find it disgusting uh, that Pelosi would come out and side with the terrorist regime which I think shows the Democrats' true loyalty to the deep state and the, to the terrorists and their lack of loyalty to uh, what, what is righteous and what is good, including the United States of America. With regards to Meghan and Harry, I mean, this is a fiasco. I mean, you hit the nail on the head, and I totally agree with everything you said there. And I agree with everything the president said. You know, it's total disrespect, whether you're a fan of the royal family or not. And I'm, I can't say that I am, you know. But it's total disrespect to the queen, especially at the age she is. It's total disrespect for the royal family. They already got some issues they're dealing with, like with the prince and his ties to Epstein. Uh, and I think this woman is selfish. Uh, 
But then again, look who they're loyal. Look who are the, where their loyalties lie with the Clintons and the Obamas. That ought to say speak volumes to your listeners. So with that, Roy, I think I've covered enough, and I'll let you get out with the rest of your show. Thanks again for having me tonight. Absolutely, always a pleasure, my friend. Always a pleasure. Um, let's go to. I want to go to political consultant Corey Jones, and then I'm going to take a quick commercial, and then we got really excited to have on Jeffrey Lord, who used to work for Ronald Reagan, and he's a very popular political commentator. I'm sure many of you have seen him all over the TV. A lot to talk about with him tonight. We'll also be having a um, candidate from Texas, uh, Louis Larada, will be coming on, as well as talk show host Joe Silverstein. Um, and, I'm, yeah, I'm really excited, guys. We have a lot of good people on tonight. Uh, but first, Corey, I'll go to you, and I'm gonna go, then I'm going to go to Jeffrey Lord. But uh, Corey Jones, go ahead. Hey, Rory. Uh, I just want to mention a, a few things real quick to your viewers that um, I think we're, we're missing what's really going on with this whole Iran situation. And so whether or not you agree with some of President Trump's actions, um, and, you know, I've gone back and forth on it a little bit. Like part of me uh, really supports what he's done, and another part of me just wishes, you know, we could avoid Middle Eastern conflict at all costs, you know, but that's, that's maybe uh, – uh, uh, too great of thinking. It's not going to happen. It's just historically that that region is so uh, it, it's just um, so volatile that you you almost have to do something as president. Um, but really, what I'm more focused on, as opposed to um, his, his policies, more so the statements and the comments made by Democrats, whether it be congressmen, whether it be uh, people like Colin Kaepernick. And so I wanted to go through a couple of these comments. Uh, that Democrats have made in the last week and a half in reference to President Trump's actions on Iran. Um, so Ilhan Omar claimed that President Trump is using this as a distraction to go to war, and she also called the attack against Soleimani an unjust assassination. She called it an assassination, and this is obviously, you know, Soleimani is Ilhan Omar's brother, uh, quite frankly. Um, she has more allegiance to the country of Iran. Than she does to uh, the United States, it almost seems like, and she she called Trump's sanctions on on uh, Iran economic warfare. This was the same woman that supported sanctions against Israel a couple months back with the BDS movement. And then Rose McGowan, she claimed that Trump has disrespected Iran's flag by killing Soleimani. Bernie Sanders called it an assassination, an assassination of a leader in government. CNN called the killing of Soleimani a murder. Quote, murder. That's exactly what was in the headline. Um, Representative uh, Pramila Jayapal, uh, president, and this, and this is her exact quote. This was in the uh, little uh, uh, press conference that Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, and, and all the, uh, you know, the congresswomen had together. She stated, and I quote, President Trump recklessly assassinated Soleimani. He had no evidence of an imminent threat or attack. I mean, this is, this is an elected congressman, or excuse me, congresswoman. This is a woman that's supposed to stand with our country, stand with our president. And she said Trump had no reason to attack an individual that had blood, American blood on his hands. It's absurd. And then Colin Kaepernick said that uh, this strike against Soleimani is yet another attack on brown people. That's exactly what he said. And so in light of President Trump's actions, regardless of whether or not you agree with what he's done or what's, whether or not you, uh, you, know, you have policy disagreements, it's really irrelevant because what you should be focusing on are the statements of Democrats in light of his actions. I mean because many of these things are, quite frankly, just un-American. 
Uh, it's it's one thing if you disagree with the policy, but it's another thing whenever you are siding with terrorists, whenever you're siding, siding with a terrorist regime that has chanted death to America. And according to Aaron Burnett, a CNN host, um, she said that many of the individuals chanting death to America and Iran were friendly, that they didn't really mean it. It was more so of a joke. I mean these are people that are uh, putting out news, that are uh, uh, voting on legislation in Congress. I mean, this is it's, – it's absolutely horrific to see the state that our nation and, – and, and to – and really think about what Bush went through, let's say, back in, in the mid-2000s whenever we went to war with Iraq. Uh, many disagreed with Bush. Many supported Bush. But regardless of whether you disagreed or supported with Bush, you still stood with the United States, and you still called out evil for what it was, evil. That's not what we're doing now. We have people on the left that are siding with evil, not only siding with it, but uh, promoting it and justifying uh, evil acts on behalf of terrorist regimes. And so that's what I really want your viewers to uh, pay attention to because we can have policy disagreements. Policy, listen, policy disagreements are all fine. They're all well. Many libertarians disagree with some of Trump's moves. Some Republicans agree, disagree. That's fine. But some of these statements are beyond the pale. And uh, and to say the least, beyond the pale for elected congressmen and congresswomen and a presidential candidate, presidential candidates like Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders. And I just I, I can't believe I'm 21 years old. And I just can't believe I'm seeing this. I thought, you know, maybe towards the end of my life, I'd start to see our, our country just go down the toilet. But it's uh, it's already started. Thankfully, President Trump has sort of slowed that process down. But you also mentioned something else, Rory. Um, you mentioned something about Cardi B. And um, Cardi B, and there's also an individual named Lizzo, and you have all of these rappers and pop artists. They have – and I remember whenever I was in eighth grade, um, I got first introduced to rap music, uh, hip-hop, um, and even from a young age, um, listening to what some of these rappers were talking about in their music, it sort of changed right. the way that I looked at it. it. It sort of changed the way that I looked at women. Even as an eighth grader, and I grew up in a yeah. Christian home, and my and then they want to let you know what you know what's interesting. They'll rap, they'll sing and rap about all these yeah. graphic lyrics, and you know I yeah. I get some you know some of the beats are, are catchy and people listen yeah, to it, are. and it's one of those things. But they try to lecture us on morals. They try to lecture us on humanity when they're the people that are promoting all this <laughs> vulgarity to the youth. You know what I mean? Oh, no. I mean, many of these people, I, there was a, an artist that died about two years ago named uh, XXXTentacion. He got shot with some you know, gang violence association. Um, one thing that he always said is, oh, man, I've done so much for the culture. I've promoted positivity. Yet you read this guy's lyrics, and he's talking about you know, killing Jesus and um, you know, uh, just horrific things about women. And this is a guy that not only beat – he beat – this guy beat his girlfriend for one. He made a music video where he put a little white boy in a noose. Um, you know, He was vocally anti-Trump, and these are the people that are, are – uh, and, and you also had this artist called YG. He's another rapper. He brought a white student onto the stage um, and basically yeah. told him if he didn't say F Trump, then he would kick him out. And the student, good for him, he refused to do so and got kicked out. And these are the people that are right. influencing and shaping culture in the minds of yeah. our young students. I mean, my, I've, like I said myself, I've been greatly influenced by hip-hop culture in a, in a negative way. And so these are the people that are, are forming and shaping our culture, and, and God have mercy on us. Cause how did we get to this point? I still struggle even to this day, you know, because it's, it's, so, it's so tempting, you know, to, to listen to these artists. Because like you said, the beat's great. Some of the music is incredible. 
But when you get down to the root of what they're promoting and what they're speaking about, it's really it, – what it is, it's cancerous to our culture. And um, you know, we need to take a cultural stance. And uh, guys like Kanye West, um, thank God that we have somebody that is uh, uh, taking a stance against the powers of uh, darkness in our culture and in our society. And he's, he's really sacrificed so much. And hopefully he paves the way for uh, other artists to do the same. And, um, you know, and I, I will say, uh, do you have a, a few more minutes to comment on a, a few more things? Or Yeah, I can, give, I can give you about four more minutes, then I'm going to go to a commercial, then I'm going to introduce yeah, Jeffrey perfect. Lord. But, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, just, sounds good. Just want to make sure I was uh, on time and stuff. So you mentioned a few other things. I'll go through those quickly in the next four minutes. So you mentioned for-profit prisons and, and mass incarceration. I completely agree with you, actually. I've gotten some clack from this uh, from some of my Republican buddies, uh, conservative friends. Um, but these nonviolent drug offenders, you know, we are creating this revolving door where people get charged with nonviolent drug offenses. Then they, um, you know, they go to prison, they get felonies on the record. Then once they get released, um, they have to turn back to drugs because they can't get hired. And so we should be treating drug addiction more so as an, uh, as an addiction and a sickness as opposed to a crime. And we have, and that's exactly surprisingly. I didn't know Trump was going to do this initially, but Trump has been so open to this idea of, of second chances for people that have uh, been put in this position. Um, and he met with uh, Kim Kardashian in the Oval Office. He's pardoned people of color. I mean, what type of racist president pardons people of color? Don't even get me started on that. You know, it's like, it goes completely against the narrative. And mass incarceration primarily impacts African Americans. African-Americans are 13% of the population, yet they make up 55% of all of those incarcerated. Yet Trump is going out of his way for criminal justice reform and, and really taking a step in the direction of helping these individuals out, mostly people of color, and giving them a second chance. And so that doesn't sound much like a racist to me. If Trump is a racist, he's the worst racist in American history. And um, in speaking of and, and speaking of actually some, some breaking – this isn't really breaking news, but I did see this right before I, I came on your show, and you're going to have uh, – and you may want to talk about this later. But California Governor Gavin Newsom proposed a $222 billion state budget on Friday that calls for $80.5 million to extend health care coverage to 27,000 illegal uh, immigrants. So Gavin Newsom, California, there are tens of thousands of American citizens, veterans, people that have served this country on the street, laying in their own defecation. They can't do a single thing to help themselves. Yet Governor Newsom is prioritizing the needs of illegal aliens over the needs of our own citizens. That is disgraceful. This man should be drove out of the, not only the office but the country, putting the needs of foreign citizens over the needs of our military service men and women is the most disgraceful thing I have ever heard of in my entire life. And this is something that people need to listen, listen to and, and, uh, and protest and write your local um, officials. Start sending this stuff out on social media. We can no longer prioritize the needs of illegals and foreign citizens over the needs of our, uh, of our people. This is not how we strengthen our nation. This is not how we make America great. And so this is, this is the entire idea of globalism and opening our borders to everyone and anyone without any type of qualifications. And so we are – if we continue down this path, if we continue to um, you know, do things like, like what Governor Newsom has and what Ralph Northam has done and, 
and uh, you know Mayor de Blasio, all these horrific people on the left, then we're going to lose our nation. So it's time that we re- reclaim our nation and take it back. I agree. I agree. Very, very well said. Um, thank you so much, Corey. Uh, everybody, we're going to take a quick commercial, and uh, we will be right back with Jeffrey Lord. Stay with us. Hold on a second. Give me a second, everybody. We're having some more technical difficulties. Hold on a second. Bear with me. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love like chicken, shrimp, and cheese just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey flat-iron steak and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday's, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. She's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, Please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. 
When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse harder blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back. The Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to in 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. Everybody, it's a beautiful night. We have a lot going on. I do want to introduce the show. I believe he's with us right now. We have, making sure, Associate Political Director for a Ronald Reagan campaign back in the day. Uh, he's worked with the Trump campaign many times. And he's also a very popular political commentator, Jeffrey Lord. Jeffrey, how are you? Welcome to the show. I am just fine, and Happy New Year. <laughs> happy New Year, Jeffrey. I'm a big fan. Um, I've been following you a long time, a lot of your work. I'm, I'm glad we, we connected on social media. Um, for, for people that don't know, and uh, I always ask this when guests come on, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, um, how it all started for you, how you got to where you are. You've lived quite the impressive life. It's quite the resume. <laughs> well, you know, as all things, there's sort of a goal in mind, but then life happens. Uh, I started out my career, I, I, I was born and raised in Northampton, Massachusetts, uh, by parents who were from eastern Long Island, uh, who were starting out their own careers. They got involved in politics, and my dad held Calvin Coolidge's old seat on the Northampton City Council, and my mother was the chairwoman of the Hampshire County Republican Women, which meant that only child that I was and young couple that they were, they te- they brought me along to all their events because they couldn't afford a babysitter. So I was crawling under Lincoln Day dinner tables, meeting the governor of Massachusetts, the senators, and all this sort of stuff. And unbeknownst to my parents, this sort of stuck with me. So I got on with this, and uh, my dad was in the hotel business. We eventually landed in Pennsylvania. And uh, I, after graduating from Franklin and Marshall College, started working in the Pennsylvania State Senate. I, I ran for the legislature and thankfully lost, whereas I always like to joke with my friends in the Pennsylvania legislature, I'd still be there decades later weighing 700 pounds and wanting my pension. Um, but because of that, mm-hmm. I wound up getting a job offer in Washington and then uh, moved to Washington, worked for a congressman, senator, and then President Reagan and then Secretary Jack Kemp in the uh, Bush 41 administration. And then when we all had to leave because somebody named Bill Clinton came to town, and it's very very interesting, Roy, what what happens when you work in an administration, you're a political appointee, you get a letter from someone close to the president that says, in essence, thank you for your years of government service. Be out by January 20th at noon. (laughs) You're done. So you have to figure out what to do, and in my case, I decided I wanted to be a writer. So here I am in the media. And you've written I – you, I know you've written books. How many books have you written? Uh, I've written three published books and lots of unpublished books. You know, that's sort of the way it goes if you're a writer. 
Uh, I've written political novels and all this, and I may revisit those, seven of them, as I recall. Uh, but you learn how to do this, and now I'm, I'm, I'm writing, you know, non-fiction books and uh, and doing very well with them. As a matter of fact, my, my current book is Swamp Wars, Donald Trump and the New American Populism versus the Old Order. <clears throat> and one of the things my writing career has brought me is the opportunity. I'm a contributing editor for the American Spectator, and uh, I've had the opportunity to get to know the president long before he was president. And uh, I spent an hour with him uh, last or in November of this of this last year <clears throat> in the Oval Office, you know, just talking about you know what, what's going on in the administration and his views. And I can only tell you. Knowing him, I mean, he is up for this fight. Believe me. Uh, I mean, he believes that he is doing the right thing, that Americans support him. And it's very interesting. I, you know, I live here in the middle. I moved home from Washington to take care of senior parents who are now, alas, gone. But precisely because of this, I'm right here in the middle of America. I'm no longer in the beltway, inside the beltway, uh, as it were. And while I have lots of friends there, it's very different there from here. And this is where I began to realize the Trump phenomenon, as it were. And I've been to his rallies, and I went to one, you know, just a few weeks ago. Holy smokes. I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of people. The the place was filled, the giant center in Hershey. Uh, and, and outside, it was freezing cold and raining. And <laughs> People are standing outside, I mean, with Trump signs and all this kind of thing. What's really going on here, politically speaking, is amazing to see. It's just amazing to behold. I mean, these are these are great average Americans uh, who believe passionately in their country. And they're out there, and they're going to support him, uh, and, and they are infuriated about this uh, whole impeachment thing. I mean, I, you know, because I'm recognized from television and all that, they stop me and talk to me. Holy cow! Uh, you know, Democrats have just made a huge mistake here. I mean, they have miscalculated to the max. So it, this will be very interesting to see how this all plays out. All I'm saying is, Rory, you're going to have a lot of good shows ahead because 2020, buckle in, folks. There's lots coming. Hello? Sorry. Jeff, sorry, Jeffrey. I had the microphone on mute. My bad. I do that for the guests so, so, they can, so there's no noise in the background when they're talking. But uh, what I was ah. saying is, are you still there? Yes, I'm here. Okay, perfect. So what I was asking you is, you've known the president for a long time. You know, you've known him uh, how many years? Because I know way before he was president, you were hanging out with him. You know, you guys have had long conversations. Uh, you've worked for him. Uh, it goes on and on. Well, I haven't worked for him, but I, I, I've known him, and I, I wrote my first column about him, uh, Never Ignore Donald Trump, in June of 2013 in the American Spectator. And I can only tell you, my friends in the political world thought I was nuts, certifiable. 
and I, I, I'm trying to tell them, you know, this is somebody who can really connect with the American people, and I'm out here, I'm listening to regular folks. It's not that they were focused in 2013 on Donald Trump. They were not. But they were talking about illegal immigration and Obamacare and losing jobs to trade, et cetera. I mean, you know, people who would work at, say, the Hershey Company, which is a mere 20 miles from where I'm uh, speaking to you tonight from my home, and the, the, the jobs went to Mexico, and they lost their job after working there for a couple decades. Suffice to say they were not happy people. So when I finally met Donald Trump, and he is telling me the same thing without having actually been here, I'm thinking, holy smokes, you know, if 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 this comes together, this could be a seriously significant moment in American political history. And that is exactly what has turned out to be. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen anything like it. And, you know, what? what's that like when you have a conversation with him in the Oval Office? I mean, how special is that? I mean, and, and like – I'm sure you guys talk about everything. I mean, I'm sure it's just it's wonderful. I mean, and I've heard he's very personable. He li- he likes to make the conversation about the other person. He, he he's very down to earth. Uh, don't, but expl- explain it though, like just the interaction. Like it's so cool, man. I mean, it, it's probably pretty surreal too. I can imagine. Well, it is. I mean, he asked me, "Have you been in the Oval Office before?" And I said, "Yes, sir. I worked for President Reagan, so I had in fact been there." But then he takes me back into the – there is an area right off of the Oval Office that – it's a small hallway that leads to a study, which is very sort of vanilla. The Oval Office is extremely historic and ornate. This study is very vanilla. It's it's something that could be found in your office or any office in America. Big flat screens, TV, a table, all his work is piled up on there. Uh, President Obama apparently liked to sit back there and watch uh, basketball games. You know, every president sort of does their thing when they're back there. And and there's a reason, and I understand why the reason. The reason is privacy. I mean, the Secret Service are everywhere. You're in the public eye. The Oval Office is incredibly ornate. So this just gives whoever is the president a reason to be uh, kind of, you know, private and withdrawn and all this kind of thing. But he made a point. He knew, for example, to give you how sort of tuned in he is, he knew that I had been taking care of my elderly mom, who was in her late 90s when uh, he and I first connected. So he asked, and I said, well, sir, I'm sorry she passed away the year before. Well, he immediately whips out this box and gives it to me and says, well, I was going to give this to you for her, but I want you to have it well. I later open it. It's this like silver tray with the presidential seal and his signature on it. To think, with all of the things going on, that he would think to have a gift there to give me for my mother. Holy cow! You know, just amazing. But he is that kind of person. Yeah, it's a very beautiful thing, and you know, I I know Sheriff Joe Arpaio very well, and. Uh, you know, I, I saw him about a month ago, a few months ago, and I see him, I see him pretty often. And he, he says the same thing. You know, when his wife had cancer, Trump would call him often and talk to her and make sure that everything was going okay. 
Yes, and he, it really, exactly right. I, I hearing, have notes where he would write, say hello to mom. You know, he would call me. Yeah. Absolutely, totally true. Yeah, um, abs- yeah, it, it, it is really, really cool. And, you know, I, I've always said this, you know, he's like America's grandpa. You know, he's that guy we all need. He's that guy that is there for us, and he cares about every single one of us. And, you know, he's working for free. I mean, I, you know, the, the, the authenticity and, and how genuine – uh, we haven't seen this. I mean, every other, you know, not every other president. I mean, there are exceptions, but for the most part, these these people, you know, have been puppets and, and been one-dimensional and, you know, only only did what they had to do. They didn't go overboard and above and beyond like this president has. I mean, it's special. It really is special. You know what I mean? And I've always said it's something out of the Bible. I mean, this guy saved us. Yes, I mean, I, I just – he breaks all the political rules. And, you know, I, I have to say, I, I just think that the American political system in the television age has gotten so caught up of what you're supposed to do. And he mocks this. You know, periodically you'll see him at these rallies, and I've been to about five of these rallies now, and I've seen him do it. He'll He'll suddenly assume a rigid posture and say, my fellow Americans, I'm supposed to talk to you this way, etc. Well, the whole audience of thousands of people gets it immediately, and they burst into laughter because they understand the, you know, what has become sort of the phoniness of all of this. What yeah. they love about him is he's real. He's authentic. And he's talking to us. He's actually he's talking to us like a real person. He's not he's not scripted. <laughs> he says what's on his mind, and you know sometimes it comes off. <laughs> You know, a little, a little extreme, but at least it's genuine. At least it's honest. At least it's, you know, I, I love it. I love, I love that we have a president who, who's, I mean, he's like the guy. I mean, this guy is, it's so special. And I was talking earlier in my show, he's fulfilled on 80%. 80% of his promises delivered within three years. Most presidents, after eight years, don't even fulfill 10% of promises. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I you know, I mean I I remember vividly when I you know was became becoming very vocal about my support for him. I'd hear from some of my conservative friends, well, he's not a conservative. What they really meant was, you know, he hadn't spent like a lifetime in the conservative movement. Perfectly true. But he had become one because of his experience. Uh as a businessman in New York, I mean, he got it. And you know, to this day, here he is appointing conservatives uh, to not not just when I saw him in the Oval Office in November, he he called to an aide and 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 said, "Bring me in the things that I've just signed." And she comes in and and I'm familiar with this process. I, my first book was called The Borking Rebellion. It was about a uh, one of my best friends in life and what he went through to be confirmed as a judge on the Third Circuit Court of Appeals as a a Bush 43 nominee. And the aide stacks all these papers on his desk. Well, what they were were certification papers that the President of the United States has to literally sign for the nominees or or for the, the people who are confirmed to the federal judiciary. Well, there's a whole stack of them there. He has He has appointed one conservative after another to the federal judiciary, not to mention the two Supreme Court appointments. Well, this is this is why conservatives voted for him, and he's doing it. So, I, I mean, 
you know, you just it, it it's not going to get any better than that. Uh, I mean, this is what he is conservatives wanted in a president, and this is what he's doing, and it's getting done. Absolutely, absolutely, Jeffrey, and, and you know, you're spot on. Very, very well said. And you know, I want to I want to ask you because you you've done quite a bit. You you've done op eds. You've done appearances on CNN, Fox News, and you know, you're really getting what needs to be said out there. You know, I, I, I like what I, I love. I love it. I love it. And tell us about this though. You know, what really blew my mind and baffled me. And I couldn't, I couldn't fathom this out, how much mainstream media gets away with and how fake they are. But this is just one of many examples of what they do to us Trump supporters and how they frame us. But tell everybody when you were on, you were on CNN with Don Lemon quite often. Uh, I used to see you on there probably multiple times a week. And they tried to accuse you of putting up the Nazi sign, which was the biggest nonsense on earth. You did not. Just like they try to say we put up the white – people put up white power signs. It's a lie. That's the okay. – I mean, come on. The things that they can paint a narrative of and spin it, and then their sheep start believing it, wow. They, it's mind control to the extreme, brainwashing at its finest. This is what PC culture has turned us into. These people – Want want their feelings to be hurt, so they are always trying things to find things to be offended by. It's ridiculous. If you say A, they will say that you said Z. I wrote a column in the American Spectator about my friend Sean Hannity because Media Matters, which is a far left, and you're on there quite a bit too. That, I've seen you on Hannity quite a bit too. Yes, yes, and and. And Media Matters has been tagged repeatedly for anti-Semitism, writing columns about Israel firsters and uh, somebody there who is writing, blogging about Jewish gold. I mean, it's unbelievably anti-Semitic stuff. Alan Dershowitz, a person of serious reputation here when it comes to taking on anti-Semitism, had flagged them repeatedly and said that the left and the Obama administration in the day should – you know, disassociate themselves. So they come after me because they don't like me for my Trump support. They also have this thing where they're trying to take off people on in the conservative media, take them off the air. So they were running a campaign to take Sean Hannity off and get his advertisers, you know, to, to leave him. So I wrote a column on this, and I imagined how they would – I called them fascists, which they were – I mean, if you're trying to remove somebody simply because of their speech, that's what they're doing. And I went back and looked at the actual fascists of the 20th century and how they ran the media of the day, which in their case meant radio and newspapers. So I rewrote the First Amendment as I imagined they would imagine it and and said at the end, the American spectator has no confirmation that the end of their draft was Sig Heil. Well, CNN got furious with me because I tweeted that out, and so they fired me, trying to make it seem like I was was the guy endorsing this. Uh, No, I was the guy opposing this, Uh, and that's the sort of leftist trick, and I know why they did it. They did it because they were pressured by by Media Matters to take me off. Media Matters and all these leftist groups hate Trump people. So they wanted me off of CNN Air and had been campaigning for that for years. 
you know, over yeah. years. I mean, and relative to the time that I was on there. So that's what that's what happened. Uh, they just, uh, you know, I mean, it's Sean Hannity today, me tomorrow, Tucker Carlson. It could be you, Rory. I mean, you know, this is what they do. And, uh, I mean, this is totally unacceptable, totally un-American, and great. They want to do that. I'm willing to stand up and say, never. And you're you're absolutely right. Very very well said. And you know, you, you nailed it. you nailed it because it, you're spot on in the sense that, and I talked about this on my show many times. They will ruin your livelihood. They will ruin everything about your personal life. They'll come for your job. They'll come for your family. They'll come for your friends. They will come any way they can to disrupt your existence in any way they can mess with you they will have you ever i mean you've been around for all these years you know with, with working for reagan working you know in the swamp being around have you ever seen politics to this extreme or this much hostility i i have never I, I, I mean, you know something... i have not but you know one of the things i know about ronald reagan as you should know also that when i was a kid i was a huge uh J.F. John F. Kennedy and Bobby Kennedy fan. Well, one right. of the things I learned in my later life as a conservative, and this was uh, from was told out there by Michael Reagan, Ronald Reagan's son, is that Ronald Reagan was famously, as I certainly remembered him in my childhood, he was a spokesperson for General Electric, and. They had a television show, the GE Theater, and he was the host of all this. But one of his other duties was to run around America to all the GE plants and give speeches. This, this in fact, is what gave rise to Reagan, the candidate, and all this, because he sort of thought out what he was saying to a company and all this, and it became sort of the speech and all this and morphed into his political career. But the interesting thing was that because he did this, the Kennedy administration – went to General Electric and said, he's in essence, he's too effective a critic of the Kennedy administration, and either you fire him or we're going to you know, go after you in terms of antitrust proceedings or whatever. So GE said to Ronald Reagan, you're out the door. <laughs> well, wow, I was so bowled over when I read this account from Michael Reagan. I mean, it just was astounding to me. This now, today, in our age, has just morphed into something that is unbelievable. The the bottom line for it, Rory, which you need to watch out for, is the left is intolerant. They are incredibly intolerant. They don't want diversity. They don't want intellectual diversity. If if you if if somebody out there, I mean, you think of Clarence Thomas. Uh, when when Thurgood Marshall resigned his seat on the Supreme Court. People, liberals stood up and said, this is the black seat on the court. So George H.W. Bush appoints Clarence Thomas. Well, then they find out, oh, he's a conservative. Well, blacks aren't supposed to be conservative, according to their world worldview. Uh, then they said in 2008, you've got to have a woman on the ticket. And John McCain puts Sarah Palin on the ticket. Up, oh, nope. You can't have you can't have a conservative woman on the ticket. This is what they do. So this is a problem. It's not a good one, and you got to fight back. To I mean, you know, it happened to be my turn here, but uh, this is not a good situation, and we need to fight it. And doesn't this whole impeachment thing just baffle you? I mean, isn't it just 
disgusting in your eyes. Uh, you know, they can't beat him. They're threatened by him. You know, he's doing all this good stuff, and it's, it, it, it makes them go mad. It literally, because for the longest time, they've been working for themselves and not for us like they're supposed to. They've lost the meaning of we the people. And this whole circus, you know, Pelosi not sure that she wants to send over the articles or, gonna try, or maybe try to send one article. No, Pelosi, send it all. Stop playing games. You know, and, this, and the whole, they only play, they play by their own rules. You know, they have all their own rules. You know, if a Republican does something and the Republican gets crucified, it's the biggest double standard on earth. It's crazy. You're absolutely right. And I, and I have to say, I, th- I think they have made a mammoth mistake here. And, you know, I think the irony of this is I truly think Nancy Pelosi knows this. I think that she feels oh, yeah. she's forced. Oh, yeah. She's forced into this. I mean, let's just remember for for your audiences may may not be familiar. She is the daughter and sister of mayors of Baltimore, Maryland, which is to say, yep. Democratic mayor, politicians. Yep. She is. She is. She's no dummy when it comes to this kind of thing. And I think she has been pushed into this by the. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's of the world in her caucus, and she didn't want to go there. She's now there, and she's stuck. So she's doing her best hand, but her best hand is not going to be good enough because the American people – I can tell you, and I'll give you one example here. I live here in the middle of Pennsylvania, and I was at a diner. Not long ago, and because they know who I am and everything, the guy is talking to me. Now, this is the owner of the diner. He's a young 30, 40 something year old who does this with his parents. And he says, I don't care about this impeachment stuff. I've got employees here. I've got to figure out their health care situation. For heaven's sakes, why aren't they doing anything about that? Well, bingo. <laughs> there's, there's the point here is that you've got these members of Congress on the Democratic side, led by Pelosi, who are just totally ignoring real problems. And, and, they, and they just refuse to get involved and try and solve the problem because they're so obsessed with impeaching Trump. And I think this is going to you know, hurt them badly. Absolutely. 100 uh, percent. Jeffrey, I really love having you on. I could talk to you all day. I definitely want to have you back soon. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you, where they can connect with you, find your work, all that good stuff. Absolutely. My website is The Jeffrey Lord, and I also write for the American Spectator at spectator.org. Excellent. Excellent, Jeffrey. And what, what's coming up for you? Any any new projects? Oh, yeah. The next column and the next column and the next column. And, uh, you know, I think I'll be on with Sean Hannity sometime this week and uh, – just on we go. I mean, I just, all I can say is, for uh, you know, this next year is going to be huge, uh, or huge, as President Trump would say. And buckle in, because we we are all going to be very busy in our lives, uh, whether we're commentators or private citizens. This is going to be a big deal. So we all need to be on our game. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm I'm really uh, really looking forward to. Um... I can't wait. We have a lot to look forward to in 2020, and it's going to be a, a huge election. Jeffrey, Absolutely. Thank you so much for being. Thank you so much for being with us. We'll talk to you soon. We'll get you back soon. Okay. Thanks a lot, Rory. Bye bye. Absolutely. 
Um, I do want to welcome to the show, I believe he's with us, we have radio show host Joe Silverstein. Joe, Joe, how are you? Joe, are you with us? Yes, Rory, could you hear me? Now I can hear you. How are you doing, buddy? Welcome to the show. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me, and and it's a pleasure to get to talk to you and to talk to the great people of Arizona. Absolutely, my friend. Well, uh, yeah, and uh, I'm recording in Arizona, but we're listening to in 25 different countries, so you're you're being heard all over. So we're we're uh, we're getting a lot of attention. Um, I do want to ask you though, your first time on the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm a young guy. I'm 20 years old, and um, I've done a lot of things in this young life already. So it's it's pretty exciting. I self-published a conservative book from the perspective of a high school student back when I was 17. Um, and now going to college, I actually am transferring into Cornell University. Uh, and between all of this, I hosted a radio show in New York City for about, um, I would say, a good eight months. And we interviewed Anthony Scaramucci before he did the flip on us and, and went in the wrong direction. And we interviewed um, Kyle Kashoff and a lot of people. And, you know, it's just been good getting involved with um, conservative ideas at a young age and, and the Republican Party locally and watching what's been happening and watching what's been unfolding. Absolutely, and, and you live in New York, so what are you, what are you seeing, um, you know, with, with kind of the outpouring and, and kind of the reactions? Because I know there's a lot of New Yorkers fed up with the liberalism crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, in New York, we have this clown that just ran for president, uh, de Blasio, which is really a joke. Um, you know, listen, New York is a city and a state that has a lot of potential, but it's being run into the ground. We have the New York State Assembly just passed. Um, recently a bill allowed for late-term abortion. Um, they had this bail reform, which was just horrible. That I actually just read a story today in the New York Post that there was a guy who got arrested for robbing his fourth bank, and they let him out with the bail reform, and he went and robbed his fifth bank the next day. So, um, you know, it, it's really crazy things going on. The homeless crisis here is really um, a bad situation, and I hate, to, I hate to say it because I love this city. I love the people of New York. I love the state. But um, it's just a reflection of what happens when radical left-wing ideology, um, you know, controls a region. It's not a good thing. It's not a good thing at all. The colleges here, I mean, the colleges everywhere are um, very liberal. But actually, um, last semester I was at Binghamton University where we had a chief economist for President Trump and President Reagan, uh, a world-renowned economist, Arthur Laffer, came to speak on campus. And it was insane. Two people got arrested and people protesters came in masks and, and rushed towards the front of the room. We had to all be uh, rushed out by police. Um, you know, so there's no freedom of speech on campuses either. And now I'm going a little off topic, but, but that pertains to New York because Binghamton was supposed to be the top public school in New York State. And it's, it's really crazy to see what's happening here in New York, to be honest with you. And a lot of New Yorkers, to your point, aren't happy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, Yo, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's the homeless epidemic is really, really bad. And so, so you're you're going to Cornell. You want to you want to do political science. So you want to obviously you've been involved in different stuff in, in in politics, but you want to definitely pursue this, huh? And Cornell, man, what a school! Very smart, man. Yeah, thanks so much. Well, you got to go big or go home sometimes. Yeah, I would say um, right now, you know, keeping all my options open, I think I want to be a lawyer. I also, I also want to go into business and be a businessman. So, you know, I, I want to see what happens. I see 
Um, I, I'm not too happy though. I don't see too many rising stars in the Republican Party in terms of people that are that are my age. I wish there were more of them. I see some people that in the next four to eight years have some potential, maybe for 2024, 20, uh, 28. I see Dan Crenshaw, I like a lot, um, and a few others. But in terms of really young people, I, I, I don't see that many, and that's not a good thing. We need to build it up. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, let, let me ask you this: what what um what do you plan on, uh, you know, what's your, what's your thoughts on this whole impeachment thing, man? It's probably driving you nuts. Yeah, well, the impeachment thing is really ridiculous. So we have a situation here where it's very partisan. Um, all the Republicans voted one way. All the de- actually, not all the Democrats voted the other because some of the Democrats went and voted with the Republicans. So this is all because, you know, Pelosi is trying to win political points and Schumer is trying to win political points. And the whole thing that it was so urgent, it was such an urgent matter. And then they don't even send it to the Senate. I thought that was ridiculous. I thought that was really crazy. The bottom line is this. President Trump, and don't get me wrong, he's not perfect, but none of us are perfect. We all have flaws. Um, Trump has accomplished things in this administration that haven't been accomplished in history. He's done a lot of things with relations to foreign, foreign affairs, to trade deals, to jobs, and he gets no credit for any of it. Case in point, when he killed al-Baghdadi, he got no credit. The only station that covered it was Fox News for maybe five hours. When he killed Soleimani, or I should say when he ordered the killing of Soleimani, um, he got criticized for it. He got criticized by the Democrats. He got criticized by the media. Um, so it, it's very unfair. Meanwhile, when President Obama ordered the killing of bin Laden, it was celebrated for weeks, as it should be, by the way. I was one of the people celebrating, but why President Trump gets this unfair treatment, um, worse than any other president in the history of this country, really, I would say. Um, it's, it's really bad, and I think that feeds into the impeachment as well. But to the point, back to the impeachment, though, um, it's not working out uh, well. Public opinion has shifted. Now the majority of the country is against impeachment, uh, and from what I see lately, Trump's poll numbers are going through the roof. And the real truth is, the real reason is, they don't have anyone that could beat him in 2020. There's no one that could beat him in 2020. You have Bernie Sanders, who, God bless the guy, but he just had a heart attack. It, it, that's not who I want as my commander-in-chief. Uh, Joe Biden, who unfortunately is in serious cognitive decline. Um, and then you have the socialists. You have uh, Bernie Sanders, uh, and you have Liz Warren. So. I don't really see it working out for them too well, to be honest with you. I don't see it working out at all. So this is just desperation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Desperation. 100%, my friend. Um, I, I definitely want to have you I want to have you back soon, and let's see about getting you involved with the show. But I, I am about out of time, so I do have to let you go. Tell everybody where they can connect with you. You and I will definitely talk and have you get involved, because so, I know you love radio so much. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Uh, Joe Silverstein on Facebook, Joseph.Silverstein on Instagram, and you could go to JoeSilverstein.com as well to follow all the latest details. There's big announcements coming in 2020, big projects. Thanks so much, Rory. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, buddy. We'll talk soon. God bless. God bless. Take care. All righty. Um, let's, go, let's, go, let's go quickly. Um, let's, go to Mike, let's go to Mike Peters in New York. Mike Peters, you're you probably have some thoughts Hi, on that, buddy. Yeah, Roy, is, uh, some, you had some interesting guests on tonight and covered a lot of topics. And uh, basically, I can't agree more. I agree with every single one of them. And especially the the main point here is that the games that are being played against Trump and how the media is trying their best. They're desperate right now 
I mean, I've been monitoring and debating with many of them on some closed forums uh, that are trying. They're they don't know what to do to attack Trump at this point. They're even accusing the uh, articles that are coming out showing the people, the mass demonstrations in Iran right now, saying that those pictures are actually not against the Ayatollahs, and those were actually the uh, riots that were anti-American, anti-Trump, and it's just a conservative press that's trying to put a twist on it. They refuse to believe the truth. They refuse to face it. They've become, they really are cult members. So it's hard. There's no way to even debate or discuss anything with these people anymore. So this will be a great election that's coming up. Um, It'll be interesting to see them crying in the streets. I, I don't know what to expect out of them because when they lose, it won't be pretty. I agree. I agree. It's, it's going to be it's going to be quite uh, it's going to be quite something. Um, oh yeah. You got any other thoughts? No, that's it. Just thanks again for having me on, and, and great great to be here. Wonderful show. Always a ple- always a pleasure. Thank you, my friend. Uh, let's go to um, Michael Valsi. I'll go to you. You got some closing thoughts? Go ahead. Well, one thing I wanted to mention, Roy, did you see there's a group of Trump supporters that are trying to buy OAN? Boy, that would just be fantastic. I'm telling you, they would get a that. spot on regular cable. You know, right now, like, uh, the cable provider I have don't doesn't carry them. I have to get them on the side. Uh, I think, like, DirecTV and DISH may carry that network. But you get them on a, on a regular platform, I'm telling you, they could compete with everybody out there right now. Uh, I think it's I think it's fantastic. No, and I guess my final thought is this: you know, if if anybody understands this battle between good and evil, it's President Trump. You know, he's a righteous man. He understands there's a lot of evil, not only in the United States but in the world, and it's really manifested itself uh, over the last 20 or 30 years, and things have really gotten out of control. And I think he understands that. And with his, with his uh, ability to make deals and negotiate with people, uh, I, you know, I, I just think we're headed for bright, bigger and brighter things. And I'm not the least bit worried about this election. I don't want people to get complacent. But they don't have anybody to run up against him. Uh, his his, his uh, accomplishments are remarkable. I mean, you hit on it a little bit. I mean, it's just unfathomable that somebody in their first term, with three years under his belt, could accomplish the things that he's accomplished, and all for the good of our country and for the world. And you can rest assured there's back-channel negotiations going on with the government of Iran. You can rest assured that uh, the uh, this China trade deal will be signed. The North Korea thing, look for that to come to fruition pretty quick. And I'm pretty optimistic. And I, with that, thanks for having me. I appreciate it as always. It's always a great show. It, it gets better every week. Uh, if you want to find me, I'm on Twitter at Michael Valsi, V as in Victor, A-L-S-I. Talk to you soon, Roy. Always a pleasure, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Um, let's go to uh, Todd McKinley. Go ahead, Todd. Tell everybody where they can connect with you, all that good stuff. Yeah, hey, Roy. Thank you for having me. I'm here watching my cousin uh, uh, play football tonight uh, on mute. Uh, you know, but to be on the show tonight, you know, I wouldn't miss it for the world. I can tell you that, you know, we discussed a lot of great things tonight, a lot of great guests. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Todd for house. That's T O D D the number four H O U S C. Also, you can find me on the, on the, on the web at, uh, Todd for house.com T O D D number four H O U S C.com. 
Uh, if you're inclined to donate uh, to the campaign, uh, right now we're, we're doing our exploratory committee. You can help us uh, as we move forward and, and make our uh, efforts known in the next uh, few weeks with regards to what we're going to do. Uh, you know, help us out there. There's a donate button. I'd love to have everybody's support. Uh, even if I can't have your, your money, I'd love to have your prayers. Uh, and I especially uh, pray for our country because it, we, we could certainly use it. I mean, look at the Democrats. I mean, they are completely unhinged. Uh, I, I don't know that there's any hope for them, uh, at least not in the foreseeable future. Uh, so the only hope for our country is to continue to vote for Republicans, and especially, uh, you know, Republicans that are willing to stand up and fight and, and take this country back and, you know, get us going in the right direction uh, with regards to, uh, you know, our economy, uh, with regards to, you know, what's what's right and wrong, with regards to, well, you know, the, the young folks in our nation. Uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of things that are, that are, that are wrong right now. Uh, that President Trump is, is, is trying to do the right thing that, uh, to get us going in the right direction. Uh, but we need more people that are going to go up there and, and fight for him and fight, fight for their country uh, and basically do the right thing. Uh, anyway, uh, appreciate you having me on, man. I, I, I get fired up about this stuff. You know, I have a lot of passion for it. And I love my country. And, you know, I just hate to see it go down the wrong way. Absolutely. Absolutely, Todd. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure having you with us. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. God bless you. All right, God bless you too. Um, everybody, it's been quite the show tonight. I want to thank you all for tuning in. Got another big show tomorrow. Uh, we will see you then. Until then, I'm Rory Sauter. Mega, mega, mega. God bless everybody. Much love. Cheers. <laughs>